Dan Radio Style. Hope everybody out there is having themselves a great day. Seven Cures for a Lean Purse. Comes out of an amazing book, The Richest Man of Babylon. There's a link below. Highly recommend this book and that, uh, that Waddles book. It's amazing. These will change your income. Now, if you're one of those people that is interested in winning the lottery and you're putting a bunch of your eggs in that one basket... This probably isn't the video for you. This isn't about just manifesting wealth out of thin air. This is about using tried and true techniques. Successful people today use it. Successful people from over 100 years ago used it. This technique works, period. These seven cures will cure the lean purse. They will help you fill your coin purse, as it would say with more and more coin. What's rule number one? Start thy purse to fattening. Most important thing we do. It's a minimum of 10%. 10% of everything you make for your labors gets paid directly to you. Now, that may seem weird to a lot of us. We're like, well, what do you mean? I, everything I make goes to me. No, it does not. Everything you make goes to bills. Everything you make goes to family. Everything you make goes to shoes. Everything you make goes to hobbies. Everything you make goes to transportation. Not everything you make goes to you. A lot of what we make goes to other people. 10% of everything you make, doesn't matter if you just did a web page for somebody and got 100 bucks, 10% of that. Doesn't matter if you just did a voiceover gig for somebody and got $300, 10% of that. Doesn't matter if you just got a paycheck for whatever, 10% of that. Doesn't matter if I just got money from Google AdSense, 10% of that. It goes into a separate account. Savings account's an easy way. You can shove it into a jar. You can put it whatever you want. Doesn't frankly matter. 10% of everything you make gets paid to you. That is an instant, no matter what, thing that happens. Now, a lot of you are like, oh, wait, no, I can't afford to pay 10%. Yes, you can. Now, with rule number two, for sure, I guarantee you, you can. These are seven cures to a thin purse. 10% of everything you make, doesn't matter whatever it is starting today, gets paid to you. 10% minimum. You can do more if you'd like, but 10% minimum. And trust me, going above that sometimes can be a little bit, and that's great for all of us to try to step into that direction. But 10% minimum. Number two, control thy expenditures. There's a lot of things that we need in life. Food, water, place to live. Need these things, no matter what. Clothes. You have to have these things or else you won't survive. There's a lot of desires that we all have that we fulfill. A lot of things that we may buy food-wise that we don't necessarily need. Might be cookies. Don't need cookies. Cookies are yummy. They're delicious. You don't need them. Waste of money. I'm not saying of lacking or anything along those lines. We're talking about a leaner purse. There are things you need, and then there are desires. Now, there are more desires than we will ever experience in our entire lives. There just are, right? And that's how life is. That's beautiful. You get all these crazy, wonderful ideas. You're not going to get every single one of them, folks. Frankly, you're not. That's okay. You should have lots of desires. A man's reach should exceed his grasp, or what's a heaven for? Continue reaching out for more. That's great. Some things you have to say no to. There are desires that are not worth having right now. And if you've gotten more desires than you've really got money to pay for, you need to balance that out immediately. You need to control the expenses. You need to cut back on things right now at least 
that don't matter. There's more to the fact than just the money, but there's actually this energy that comes with it. There's a compound that comes with it. This is larger than just making more money. Step one, 10% paying to yourself. Step two, cutting back on the things that you don't need. I've cut back on stuff. This is how you have to do it. Do I really need it? Do I really need to spend money on that? I could go to Ruth's Chris, but I don't need to. I could buy a delicious Wagyu steak down at the store and grill that up, and it's just as delicious, in my opinion. No, I mean, not quite as good. Ruth's Chris is amazing. But I can, you can put the butter and fry it and get amazing. Right? Good cut of meat goes a long ways, especially if you season it. Control the expenses. Your purse starts to get fatter. You got that 10% already going on. You're controlling the expenses. Now, you want to make thy gold multiply. That 10%, that starts to add up week, month, after month, after month it starts to add up. Eventually, we can get that money working for us. Either A, we can loan it if you know and trust, and we can talk about that. You can loan it out. We've all made bad investments. I, I'll never forget my, my really bad ex- experience. It was funny. I was younger. I was really young when I learned this, and I was lucky. And there was a guy down by the bank where I happened to be at, lucky me, and they had a van, panel van too. I always love those. And he opens it up, and he's like, dude, do you like music? I'm like, dude, this is like in the early 80s. Like, who didn't like music, man? I probably had a mullet, too, of course. I probably looked like an 80s rock dork, right? Opens up a saying. He's like, I've got these special speakers. They overordered them. They didn't have the money, blah, blah, blah. Totally made-up thing. How much can you give me for them? I want 150 each. I'm like, I ultimately gave the dude $300. $300 back in the early 80s. Hard-earned money that I had. For these speakers that were studio quality, that were so able to take the, the amount of wattage that they use in, in like clubs. I, I was an idiot. I was a kid. I bought them. Took them home. They're crap. I still have them, by the way. They're crap speakers. Just basically a big cabinet that I keep books on top of. And I got one that's got like candles on it. You know, As a speaker, it's crap. That's why I bought these. That's why I've got a couple of uh, Klipsch speakers. I had to buy, eventually, better speakers. We all invest in stupid things. We need to make the money work for us. We need to figure out places that we can invest it. Again, loaning it out. Bank. Well, there's different ways you can invest it there. We've all got IRAs. We've got 401ks. We've got our houses and things we can purchase. There are things that you can take this money that you're growing and start to invest in it. Maybe you know somebody that's got a business that's going to make some money. You can use this as some of the capital to get that going, to start expanding. Start getting your money to work for you. Get your own gold to multiply itself. Get your money to work for itself, to work for you. As he was saying, and there are some terms in this book that are very old, but essentially get your children to work for you is one better way to say it. He uses that too. But make that gold multiply. And that's what all wealthy people do, right? Money's working for them. Get that money as it expands, as that 10% expands. It may sound silly, but it starts to add up quickly. As that 10% expands, you now have something of value that you can invest. And that's where it starts to grow at even a higher percentage. Number four, guard thy treasures from loss. This is like the bad investment, like mine buying the speaker, spending 300 of my precious earned dollars when I maybe made 150 a week. Like, that was a lot of money. And so, yeah, don't do stupid things. He talks about in the book, the bricklayer. 
He gave this bricklayer that was going to some other country, gave him his life-earned money, and said, go down there and talk to these gem people and get the fancy super gem of the wordy witches and such. And the guy got ripped off. And the dude lost all of his money. So, yeah, lesson learned. Don't do that. A lot of us are going to make a mistake somewhere along the way. Don't think you're going to come out of this and, and be the smartest and best and most, you know, the best investor ever. You're going to learn. You're going to make mistakes. Ultimately, when you're loaning out, you want to make sure your principal is paid back. You want to make sure you're going to actually make something on it. You want to make sure that if no matter what, you can get your money back. You want to guard against your loss. Now, it's not so much like making sure you got someone standing outside with a weapon. No, because even that someone can get around, right? No, you need something a little better than that. But ultimately, we need to guard from ourselves. Guard from the family member that's like, I've got this business idea that's amazing. It's like, what have you ever done ever in your life that's amounted to anything? Well, nothing. Then why should I invest money in you? I don't know, because you have a bunch. That's a stupid reason to give away your hard-earned 10% every single time because you've been the smart one that's put aside acorns for the winter and now you've got food during the winter and you're fat and happy. Make the money work for you. Guard yourself from just giving it away willy-nilly. Number five, make of thy dwelling a profitable investment. Essentially, try to own a house at some point. When you own your house, there are perks that come with it. But why would you want to pay somebody for the right to live in their residence? Why would you want to give somebody money that has to help them and not you? All of us need to live somewhere. All of us ultimately are going to probably pay something. Why not pay it to either A, a bank, or B, maybe property taxes, or C, maybe you own it outright. But why not pay that money towards your own ownership? Ah, too much effort to own a home. Well, it's worth a lot of money. A lot of equity built up in my place right now, definitely in the six-figure range. A lot of money built up in my condo. Owning a home has all sorts of, there's tax breaks. There's, it's just, it's a better thing. Now, yes, if something breaks, I've got to fix it, but it's my home. It's my breakage, of course. Owning thy home. And making it away. I mean, if I wanted to, I could rent out part of it. I could rent this room out if I had to. I could actually even make a little extra money out of my home while I live in it, if I had to. Own thy home. Make of thy dwelling a profitable investment. Number six, ensure a future income. You want to get your money working for you. You want to get it where it's creating money, where either you're investing into businesses, IRAs, uh, IRAs, 401ks, things along those lines. Uh, even oddly, videos, funnily, like if you want to get into YouTube, it's a great one. But one of the funny things about videos is it breaks the barrier of dollars per hour. I spend X number of minutes, hours, whatever on a video to make it, produce it, upload it, thumbnail, all the nine yards that goes into it. But ultimately, once it's uploaded, it's out there for years. And many, many, many millions of people can watch something over a span of time. It's that span of time that actually is like continually making money. So you want to try to create means that you can continue to pull in money. Again, either you're investing in business, either you're investing in real estate, either you're investing in whatever, something 
that has a chance to bring dividends back to you. So again, you've got your money working for you. You've got your money out there building itself. So when you get older, when you get to the point where you can't work anymore, where you can't as easily produce money readily, money's coming in from its own avenues or investments are able to be cashed in and liquefied at that point. But you get that expansion. You think that way. Ensure a future for yourself. Start getting some of this money off and working for you and making you money and guaranteeing a stream of revenue when you're older. And finally, increase the ability to earn. This is possibly one of the most important ones in my assessment and has helped me a great deal. I have grown my income and wealth a huge amount over the past number of years due to this. And in my mind, it's being the best at what I do. I've done a lot of different things, but I've always tried to be one of the best. Whoever the best was when I first got there, they're who I paid attention to. They're who I study. They're who I learned from. And then it got to a point where you become amazing on your own and you start to become better. You start to pay attention. You start coming up with new ways to do something. You start coming up with an ingenious idea that can make an enormous difference and save time and money. We, as we get better at what we do, as we focus on what we are doing, as we work with pride in our work efforts, when people see that, they reward it. It's a normal thing. Everyone does it. If you're the payee or the payer, either way, good work always gets noticed. When you stand above others, when you actually care about what you're doing, when it's a representation of yourself and you treat it as such, and when you try to become the best at what it is you're focused on, you will incrementally be rewarded more and more and more. It is how you increase your wealth. For people that are working in corporate America, oftentimes you don't get that in the same company. Oftentimes you job jump. If you can't, all right, you got to work out some other things. But most of the time, job jumping, after you've spent five years in a place, it's kind of normal nowadays. You start putting your feelers out for other companies and you try to, you know, bounce a 15, 20, 25% raise. And you do that a few times and suddenly you're making a great deal more money. You keep looking at being better and better and better. People will find you and see you and pay you more and more and more. These seven simple things, truly simple things, have made the biggest difference in my life, in my current economic success, and I'm still growing and loving it. And there's still so much more to look forward to. And yes, I do still put every, always 10% of everything I make goes into a savings account. And from there, I've got some other investments. Got a couple other accounts I break it down into, and we'll do a future show on that. But ultimately, 10% of this is mine, and I'm paying it to me. And I'll tell you what, I've done a lot of really cool stuff with that 10%, and it's making a big difference and continuing to grow and helping produce a future for tomorrow where I don't necessarily have to work as much. It's a great thing. These seven ways guarantee will fatten your purse. Stan Radio style.